Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to John uh, chapter 4 in verse 23. And then we're, we're going to start there and then we're going to go to 1 John chapter 4 uh, verse 19. And then we're going to get started. I'll go ahead and read them to you in first in John chapter four, verse 23, it says, but the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth. The father is looking for those who will worship him that way for God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. First John chapter first uh, John chapter four, verse 19 says we love because he first loved us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. Lord, I thank you, God, that you're touching every single one of our hearts tonight to receive from you, God. I just pray, Lord, that you would just come be the teacher. Teach us that we could experience uh, your love in a fresh way tonight, God. Lord, our heart's desire is to experience you afresh tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, tonight we're kicking off uh, a new series called Love Expressed. Love Expressed. And for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be putting some emphasis on worship and talking about uh, worship. I'm going to give you some practical things, um, what the Bible says about worship and, and why we worship and why you know we, we do what we do. Some of you that maybe grew up around here might know different things, but some of you, you know, the lifting the hands thing and all that might be a little strange at first. And so... Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about it in the next couple of weeks and and uh, and talking about expressing our love for God through worship. And in John chapter four, verse 23, the verse that we just read, Jesus said, but the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth. The father is looking for those who will worship him that way for God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. If you're taking notes tonight, the title of tonight's message is true worship, true worship. And I love worship. I love it so much because maybe maybe you had a day like me today and it wasn't the very best of days and and you can come into a place like this and you have the opportunity uh, to experience the presence of God through worship. You have the opportunity to let everything go. And and to be honest, there are moments whenever I was just standing there that I really didn't want to get up and preach because I was just enjoying the presence of God so much. Every time you you come to a service like this, or every time you go to a place where there's worship happening, it's always an opportunity. It's an opportunity for you to experience the presence of of God. I've had a lot of moments whenever I've been under the teaching of the word of God and someone's preaching and I get supernatural revelation and it changes something in my life. But I've had a lot more times whenever I've been in a worship setting or at an overflow or a place like that where I, I just get a word from God and God just begins to just experience his presence and it changes everything. The presence of God changes circumstances, changes your life, changes your perspective, even whenever your circumstance don't doesn't change, it changes your perspective about your circumstance. And so we want to talk about a little bit tonight about what is 
true worship? What is true worship? And I just got three statements of what true worship is. And then we're going to close in prayer. What is true worship? Number one, true worship is internal and external. True worship is internal and external. I hear a lot of between both that are cop outs of, well, you know, I'm just going to kind of stand, you know, off in the back and have my arms crossed because God, you know, he knows my heart. Well, that's a cop out because he doesn't just want to see your heart. He wants you to express your love to him. And then there's those that that are over flamboyant and are just, you know, jumping up and down and running around the altar. And that's great. But their heart may be far away from God. God's not just interested in the external. He's not just interested in the internal. He's interested in both in both. And the Bible says that you gives the, the scripture in the in the phrase of talking about your words that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I feel like the same thing is true with worship as it overflows in your heart. It just comes out in an active sign of worship. So you may have you, you know, you've heard this scripture in first Samuel chapter and uh, chapter uh, 16, verse seven. We're going to talk about the internal first and then we're going to get to the external, the internal first Samuel chapter 16, verse seven says, but the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge judge by the outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the. The Lord looks at the at the heart. God is looking for somebody that would have a heart of worship. They would have a heart of worship. Nothing draws or attracts the presence of God more than somebody that has a heart of worship. And we're going to talk a little bit more into detail of that next week. But you remember the story of whenever Saul was being tormented and, and he was experiencing all kinds of internal conflict. His insides were, were not right. His heart was not right before the Lord. And then David came in and began to play his harp and begin to worship before Saul. And Saul began to experience the peace of God. Some of us, we, we go, we're going through, through trials and tribulation and different things in our lives. And if we would just get quiet before the Lord and just begin to worship Him, maybe your circumstance wouldn't change, but you could experience the peace of God. You could experience the peace of God. God's looking for a heart that is sincere. See, you can fool anybody by just being on the front row and, 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 and jumping up and down and all that. And I'm not dogging that. I believe that we do need to be external. I'm going to talk about that in just a second. But God's more concerned about the internal. So you can fool people by the way that you're worshiping, but you cannot ever fool God by the way that you're worshiping. He always sees the heart. He sees your heart. He sees motives. He sees everything. He sees right through that. And he's interested in that one of the greatest things that you can do is just say, God, I'm here. I want to experience you. Lord, I I just love you. I'm pouring out my heart before you. And whenever that happens, it goes to the external. First Timothy, chapter two, verse eight says in every place of worship, I want men talking about mankind to pray with holy hands lifted up to God, lifted up to God. So whenever 
You may have not known that. You may have just been around church and like, yeah, I guess we just lift our hands. It's, it's what we do or, or whatnot. Or yeah, I've heard different people that come from different denominations that felt uncomfortable with that, felt weird by that. But what we're doing whenever we're la- raising our hands to God is not a, not just a show or, or, or is not just something that we're trying to conjure up, but it's actually biblical. It's actually biblical. It's actually a command from the Bible that he says, lift up holy hands before God, when we raise our hands in worship, it's saying, I don't care who's to the left of me, who's to the right of me. Lord, I'm just here for you. I'm just here to experience you. Whenever you connect with God on the internal, it overflows to the external. What is true worship? Number two, true worship is an opportunity and not an obligation. True worship is an opportunity and not an obligation. So many people miss out on connecting with God because they bypass worship. It's amazing. For years, I've, I've talked with different people that, that they, they call. I can always tell where someone's at with God whenever they refer to worship as the music. Like, I just I just I don't really need the music. I, I know right away where they're at, that they're not really they, they don't really understand what's going on. It's not the music. You can play anything, but it's about connecting with God through worship. It's an opportunity for you. No one forces you. We live in an an incredible country where we've been given the freedom of religion and no one forces you to come to church. Well, maybe a few of you, your parents maybe force you to come here. But for the most of us, no one forces us to come here. And you have an opportunity, not an obligation to worship. So many of us, we just, we just kind of, and I've been guilty of it too, of, all right, we're just going to, we got five songs tonight, and just, you kind of just, you just get through, you just kind of go through the motion, and every time you come to a setting like this, or Sunday morning, or an overflow, or wherever you go, view it as an opportunity. View it as an opportunity, not an obligation, not of just, oh yeah, we just do this, and then someone gets up and speaks, it's just kind of what it is. Because you can form your own religion of, okay, I, I, I'm going to do five songs, I'm going to hear a message, and then we're going to have a closing prayer. God's, God's looking to give you an opportunity to connect with Him. There are people, you can have two, you can have the whole front row, half of them experiencing God, the other half not experiencing God. It's nothing to do with the worship team. It's nothing to do with God. It has everything to do with the individual. Of where God always responds to a hungry heart. Always, every time. And whenever you begin to view worship as an opportunity, not an obligation, you'll experience worship as it was intended to be experienced. You remember whenever Jesus came uh, walking in uh, or riding on a donkey and, and they were praising him and they call it the triumphant entry and they began singing uh, praises and blessings uh, towards God and the Pharisees came up to Jesus and said, you should correct the followers in the crowd here for, for what they're saying. Basically, the Pharisees got offended for worshiping Jesus and Jesus responded to the Pharisees. If, if He said, if they don't do it, then the rocks will do it. If they don't cry out, then the rocks will cry out. What he was saying is, is, you know, this is just a theological thing about God is God is completely, he doesn't need us. He's sufficient within himself, but yet he gives us the opportunity to experience him. 
And Jesus was saying, look, if people don't cry out, that's fine. I can get these rocks to cry out to me. And so what Jesus was saying is every time you, whenever you praise him, it's an opportunity for you. It's an opportunity for you to receive a blessing. It's an opportunity for you to receive the presence of God. There's no greater blessing than the presence of God. No greater, no greater blessing. It doesn't matter if you get a car, if you get all these great things. The presence of God is the greatest gift. And the reason that we're talking about love expressed is it all comes back to Jesus expressed his love for us. If you don't understand the who of worship, you'll never understand worship. That Jesus Christ came on this earth, died for you and I so that we could experience him in worship. In the Old Testament, there was there was times of, of where they would worship and do it. But at the time that an age that we live in now, Jesus came and split time so that you and I could experience his presence. So true worship is internal and external. True worship is an opportunity, not an obligation. And number three, finally, true worship is a surrendered will, not a, an emotional experience. True worship is a surrendered will, not just an emotional experience. You know, what God's looking for us whenever we have worship is to surrender our will to Him. There's nothing greater. If, if A lot of times whenever I'm not experiencing the presence of God in worship, it's because I have rebellion in my heart. Or I have something in my heart that's not surrendered to God. The reason that we lift up our hands is one, because it's biblical. Second, it's really, it's a universal sign of surrender. It doesn't matter, it really doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what the language barrier is. This is universal, is surrender. It's surrender. And so whenever you come into an atmosphere of worship, there's no one greater to surrender to than God. Than God, because his ultimate authority and knowing that he ultimately cares about you and cares about me. Jesus was the the example of worship. Jesus was the example of the of a surrendered will. Whenever he was, you know, in the Garden of Gethsemane in Luke, throughout the Gospels that they, they record it of when, you know, whenever he was getting ready to face the cross he knew everything that he was going to have to face. He knew the torment. He knew the torture. He knew everything. He knew that he was literally going to become sin for us. He was going to take on, he was going to take on our sin. And he knew what was going to be before him. And he asked the Father, said, Father, I know what's coming up. And if it's possible for this cup of suffering to pass before me, that's what I would like, but not it's not what I want. It's not what I like. Not my will be done, but your will be done. And whenever we come into an atmosphere of worship and surrender your will, I'm telling you, every time I've surrendered my will, I've always experienced the presence of God. When you surrender, it's not about what I want to do. It's not about my agenda, what I want to accomplish. God your will be done. Your will, your, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And you, what you're basically, what you're doing at that point is you're inviting the presence of God. You're inviting the presence of God when you surrender your will to Him. And so when are we wrapping up? 
right now, I just want to just close with just this statement of are you a true worshiper? Are you a true worshiper? Because Jesus said that the time is coming. This was in his time frame. So the time already came that that true worshipers were coming than spirit and truth. And so are you a true worshiper? Do you, how do you view worship? I don't ask these questions to make you feel condemned or down or anything like that. It's always good to just be honest before the Lord and say, God, where am I? Where am I at? Am I a true worshiper? Because I desire to worship you in spirit and in truth. You know, I think that one of the reasons that Jesus said true worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth is because Worship is one of the most spiritual things that you can do, and there's no way that you can genuinely, truly worship in your flesh. And, and the Bible says that in your flesh, meaning your, your sinful nature, dwelleth no good thing. Inside of it, there's no good in it. And so whenever we are able to lay that aside, our sin nature aside, and say, God, I'm going to connect with you, that's how we connect with God. So it forces us to lay our own desires aside. Let's stand together and close in prayer. Father, I pray for every single person in this place tonight. Lord, I pray that we would experience you in worship. Lord, that our hearts would be hungry for You, God. Our, our hearts would thirst for Your presence. Lord, just as we just take time to remember what You accomplished upon the cross. Jesus, You died on, this, on, on the cross for our sins that we could experience. That we could come in a place like this and experience You in worship. God, our, our hearts are hungry to experience You, God. Lord, Your Word says that we love because You first loved us. The reason that we have the opportunity to express our love for You is because You first expressed Your love for us on the cross. Lord, I just thank You right now for every person in here, every student, every leader, God. Lord, let us experience, let us go through a season and a time that we experience more of You, more of Your presence in worship, God. Lord, Your Word says that in order for You to increase, we have to decrease. And Lord, we just thank You right now that right now, our flesh, our sin nature, our own desires is decreasing and Your Spirit within us is increasing tonight. Lord, we just thank You for what You're doing in every single one of us. Lord, let us be true worshipers, we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram.